Good evening to everybody. Welcome to this Retina UK information webinar. Um, this is one of a series of webinars that we're hosting and we'll be delivering at least one on a different topic each month. Uh, we are really pleased to have with us today uh, Ellis from VisionAid Technologies to look at some of the latest technologies available to visually impaired people. Uh, whilst Ellis is giving his presentation this evening, we will be collecting your questions. So if there's anything you'd like to ask Ellis about technology and any of the products he's going to be demonstrating, please do leave your questions in the Q&A section um, at the bottom of the screen, um, and we'll ask those questions on your behalf later on. Um, so we will endeavour to answer as many of your questions as we possibly can. However, any questions that we're not able to get to today or anything that Ellis may not have the answer to straight away, we will follow up over the next couple of weeks. So thank you again for joining us. And without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome Ellis. Thanks very much, Matthew. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us this evening. Um, I've had a bit of a hectic day today, so I'm going to apologise a little bit in advance. I should be back at the office now with all the equipment set up, um, but we're over in Sheffield uh, and our sort of meeting we had there overran at a blind society um, and we couldn't really throw people out. So I'm now doing it at one of our sales chaps houses, which is on the way back. And I've commandeered all his equipment uh, and his dining room and lounge um, to try and do a makeshift webinar from here, from there. So it's, apologies if it's not quite as polished as it normally is. Um, but hopefully we've still got a, a nice set of equipment to show you uh, and you'll find it interesting. So what have we got and who are VisionAid? Um, so it's a range of the latest assistive technology solutions for blind and partially sighted people. Um, we've been going VisionAid Technologies since 1996. It was started by my late father, sadly passed away 11 years ago, but it's a family owned and run business. And we've got the widest range of assistive technology equipment from any one supplier. Um, and we're really, we're really passionate about giving people as much choice as possible um, and trying to help them find the best solution for their specific needs. Um, so, you know, even people with exactly the same eye condition, the, the, what they can see and what they need to do with it and other factors means that the piece of equipment could be wildly different from somebody who on paper sounds like it would be exactly the same type of equipment. So we quite enjoy matching up the right piece of kit um, for the right person and hope as long as it exists, which it normally does, or at least something will be there to help. Um, so I'm just going to give you a run through today on uh, very briefly on optical magnifiers versus electronic handhelds as the introduction part. Then we're going to go on to um, some wearable video magnifiers, so some of the latest tech for, for wearable magnification systems. Then there's some text-to-speech solutions, so OrCam and some other uh, device also for, for reading text back out loud. Um, we've got a really high-tech transportable video magnifier, so a system that you can move around from one location to another that's a bit like a desktop, but it's lightweight and foldable and portable and runs on batteries. Uh, and if there's some time, which there probably won't be, um, then some computer connectable systems for um, PC users as well. Um, but gonna make, make a start with the handhelds, first of all. Um, I just wanted to check, Matthew, sorry, is um, on my screen, uh, I'm still small on the top. I'm not sure on the webinar format, whether it's, if I'm, I've gone large on your screen, great. I can ignore that, thank you. <laughs> um, so what we'll look at first then is, something that everyone I'm sure is very familiar with. So an optical magnifying glass. I'm just gonna switch my camera over. Hopefully it behaves itself. Um, and on here, we've got some other handheld electronic versions. I'm just gonna sort of do a very quick comparison. So optical magnifiers are fantastic. Um, they're very low tech solutions, but they provide magnification very simply. Modern units, this is a spice one, they all have LED lighting to increase contrast on text. Um, hopefully it's sort of coming across on there. 
the main downside with magnifying glasses is how much they distort the text though. Um, the other problem is, is that if you find you need larger magnification, instead of the lens getting bigger, it actually gets significantly smaller as you've got the magnification powers. This is a five times um, lens on here. Um, also, the five times magnification doesn't actually make the text five times bigger than the page. Um, so it's, it's not quite uh, as a direct link as that. Um, but for a solution you can just have in your pocket and use to help and magnify, they are, well, they're irreplaceable really. There's nothing that you can just take out and use as long as you've got some light or the batteries charged. That's, they are very, very good. Uh, and they're low cost. So they range from kind of 30 pounds up to about 80 pounds um, for those units. Apologies for the cables on the desk. <laughs> this is just the makeshift uh, um, webinar environment I've managed to set up. Um, but then we move on to electronic ones, which I'm sure people are used to seeing as well. Obviously, a lot of users may have mobile phones that they're more than happy with using for magnifying text. Um, and if that works for people, then absolutely fantastic, because mainstream technology has obviously moved on a huge amount over the years, and te phone technology has moved on a, a great deal as well. Um, so just trying to position this. I'm not used to doing this on here, and I didn't have enough time to fully check lighting because I've got lights above me. Um, there's a bit of reflection coming off the screen there. There we are. Um, so what are the advantages of an electronic version? Firstly, magnification you can adjust. So this one goes from two times all the way up to 32 times, which is quite frankly unusable on a handheld magnifier of this size. But if you need to examine something tiny in, in detail um, and really look at sort of the fine information on, on something, that's when it's kind of used. It's just because the camera quality is good enough, it can go that high, so why limit it? And you can pick every zoom level in between. It's, it's very stepped kind of continuous zoom. So you can pick exactly the size that you want. Whereas on an optical magnifier, you get one power and you either need multiple magnifying glasses or you have to try and move it further away or closer to the target, which then adjusts how much the text bends and distorts. Whereas with this, you get no distortion, even at high magnifications, the text remains perfectly clear and sharp all the way to the edges of the screen. And this is a 4.3 inch screen size magnifier um, called the ID. Um, this one's very well priced. It's at 249 pounds. If you're in Wales, you're lucky enough to be able to get this on the NHS through us on there as well. Um, but it would normally be about £350 for the same thing, but it's um, because it's done through the NHS, it can be really um, more cost effective. Um, then it also has a fold-out handle, so you can use it a bit more like a traditional optical magnifying glass to read across with. And the other advantage, it's already in the colour mode on here, but what can they do? They allow you to change the colours of the text that you're looking at, as all electronic magnifiers do, because certain eye conditions or people with the same eye condition, but they may just prefer different colors, color modes, um, and the contrasts make it easier to see and less tiring and more comfortable to read. It's all about reading comfort and being able to read for enjoyment again. Uh, or if you need to do it for work or school, obviously it's not, you may be enjoying it, but if you need to get reading done, you don't want it to be tying your eyes out um, and feeling exhausting and getting headaches. Um, and it's all also linked into posture as well. So having the right device, depending on what you're reading, we wouldn't actually really advocate using a handheld for sitting down and reading an entire book, simply because you have to, people will tend to find that they lean over the unit to get their eyes closer to it, which then leads to neck and back and shoulder issues. Um, so that's where the transportable units I'm going to show a bit later on and larger units like desktops are much, much better suited. But the downside is you can't just fold them up and pop them in your pocket and take them with you. Um, so that's the ID. 
I'm just only going to quickly show you going up sort of the scale. You then get one of our most popular handhelds is in, uh, the latest unit that's come out called a Clover 6. I'll do it on a newspaper print down there, actually. Just show you different, something a bit different on there. So this unit is more expensive. It's a bigger screen. It's got the latest technology in it. So it's actually got HDMI connection for you to be able to plug it directly into a live monitor. And then it will mirror exactly what's on this screen into your television or computer monitor. Um, it's got large tactile buttons around the edge, six of them. The top right is zoom in, one underneath is zoom out. And this is continuous zoom as well. And again, handhelds on here, they effectively go as large as you would ever need. Almost all of them do that now. So bigger than newspaper print for a single character, really height wise. Um, and if you're at this zoom level for reading with, it, it then really is, it makes sense to look for um, an alternative solution really. Um, that will enable you to read much faster because obviously trying to read across like this and then get back to the beginning of the next line and then scrolling across is, is tricky. Um, it doesn't come across on Zoom, unfortunately, but this is 60 frames per second on this, which means it updates at 60 times every second. Some units only do that at 30 times a second, but that means this one's much smoother and you get less blurring and distortion even when you're reading at high speed um, with a device. So it means you can read faster, basically, um, with it. Also has a touch screen, so you can use it like a giant, well, like an iPad and you can scroll across. So on a column of text, you can fit a whole column on and you can zoom in and just move around by touching it without having to move the device, which is a nice feature. Um, line markers are on some of the handhelds and on this one as well. So this can help you stay tracked across when you're reading across a line and then going back to the next one. Um, obviously it depends on the magnification level you're at and what, what, you're, what you're reading. Um, but also if you're going across columns of figures and not jumping down a line, something like that can be really, really useful. Um, and then these are adjustable vertically if you need to stick on a, a column of figures. And then there's also what are called reading blinds. So we can adjust all of these just by pushing the button and using the touch screen to move left and right. Um, so you can fit it just to one particular line. So if you have, if you're very sensitive to the amount of light coming into your eyes, then by blanking that off um, and not having more text visible there, that can really help. Um, if you also have um, a condition like nystagmus, which can be combined with other conditions as well, where your eyes are moving um, uncontrollably, then just having one line of text to focus on can really help you stay focused on a particular word uh, uh, and then read across those words, across a line much more quickly and easily than when that's not there and you've got multiple lines of text at once that you could be reading anywhere across. So that's what those features are in there for. Um, most of the units I'm going to show have those features. I'm not going to repeat them though, just because of, of time and um, <laughs> send you to sleep, everyone. So um, they're just some useful things that most electronic units have. Uh, one other thing that's really useful is the freeze frame button. So this one, all handhelds have this again, so you can effectively freeze the image on the screen. You can then zoom in on this one, move around it. Um, so why, was, why is that useful? Uh, well, firstly, you can store images in the in the device's memory, hundreds of pictures um, of memory you can store on it. So you can take a picture of something and refer back to it later. Um, the other really useful thing without storing it is if you're trying to find something that might be high up on a shelf or down low um, with an optical, optical magnifier, you have to get your head in line with the, mag with the lens to be able to see what it's magnifying. With this, you can just reach up. It has a handle that folds out as well. We could just reach up. I've got a example, there's a screen on here with some text. And if I reach up on, on here, I can then zoom out a little bit on that, grab a picture, and then I can bring that closer to my eyes to then be able to read it. 
So it, it just it's a nice extra use for that um, that you can't achieve with an optical magnifier type system. Obviously, you can do it with a mobile phone system, uh, mobile phone just through the camera app as well. Um, but it's nice to be able to do it on these devices too. Um, and the key difference between these and mobile phones is just how easy they are to use. And they're designed for mainly just sitting and reading. I'll just go into the minute, excuse me one second. Sitting and reading. So it sits the device up for you with a phone, you've got to try and hold it. And the quality and the color modes you get on it are very, very good. Whereas on phones, the free apps, you don't ever get this kind of level of quality on the, on the image. But if it works for somebody and that's all you need it for, then obviously save the, save the cost and, and you don't need to think about a uh, electronic handheld, just use your phone if it, if it works. Um, final thing with these is distance viewing. So this unit, obviously it will autofocus because it's got a higher end autofocus camera. So you can use it to write underneath really easily. Um, if I sort of pop this up over here, excuse the mess again, there's a sign that's a bit sort of fallen over over here. If I target that over there and zoom in, Hopefully you can sort of see on, on there. I can't see it on the webcam, but with this, the level of zoom you can get, I can even take a picture of that. Oh, it says, sorry. Zoom in, grab a picture, and then you can move that close to the webcam to read it. You can still pinch to zoom in on it. Um, so people use that if they're out and about and they need to see something in the distance. You wouldn't sit and watch television or something by holding this up or in a classroom environment or in a uh, presentation meeting because you, you're going to get arm making there holding it up the whole time but just to quickly grab some information in the distance it can be really really useful um, so that's the clover six unit and it's 595 pounds is the price on there we will make all the products that we've shown available to matthew later on and then he can share them i think um, with you and there'll be links direct links to each product as well um, so don't uh, worry if you miss anything on there uh, and if I've missed something out as well obviously if there are questions I'll try and go through them um, but there's a lot more information on our website uh, visionaid.co.uk as well with all the products um, and specifications on them and weights and things as well for you um, so that's a, a five and a half inch this is the largest size handheld you can get that folds up that will effectively go into a pocket you did quite a big trouser pocket but it easily fit into a jacket pocket and it's very very lightweight still only a few hundred grams we then start moving up to larger screen size units, um, up to sort of seven and eight and 10 and 12 inch units we do. But I'm just gonna show a 10 inch unit here called the Clover 10. And this unit, so you can see from the, from the webcam how much larger it is. The screen's always filling a big, big chunk of the, the webcam. So you can see much more of a page at once on here. And you can, it's got very straightforward controls. There's no touch screen on this one, but you've got very easy zoom in. Hopefully the quality sort of coming across. You can start to see the grain of the newspaper coming up through the devices as well when you're on full color mode. It's got all the enhanced color modes as well for reading and the line markers um, on it. Uh, this one will do distance viewing as well and store images in its memory and connect to a screen. The one extra thing this one has is a self viewing camera on here. So we can just use a little, switch on the top left here, slide that to the right and it will switch camera. Then you'll get to see me uh, on there as well. Sorry, with the, excuse me, with the reflection in Jason's house here. Um, but you can use it as a magnifying mirror. So get a bit closer in on here. Um, he's got um, some colored blinds on the side which are open and pulled back. But there's still light reflecting on there, which is why I'm looking a little bit blue on there, I think. Um, so that's self-viewing capability because obviously a, a normal mirror you get doesn't magnify. So 
it's, it can be very difficult for people trying to to see uh, and and sort of do self grooming on there. So that's where these systems can really help from that. It's just a it's not all just about reading text. People use these for as many different possibilities as they can. So writing underneath them, um, people can cut fingernails, paint fingernails, um, all sort of practical tasks. Anything you can get under the camera or point the camera at, it can help with potentially. Um, and a way to further enhance that on the Clover 10, this is actually an updated version of it they've just released. It now comes with a stand included with it, um, which if I just pull the camera back a little bit, I'm gonna to have to adjust the webcam height as well, but it's very lightweight, it comes with a carry case, it unfolds, legs come out on here. I'm just gonna raise the webcam up a bit. There. So it's got a leg on the right that unfolds that you pull apart and it's exactly the same on the left. I just spin it the right way around, move that out of the way. And then with the Clover 10, we close the stand up on there and it puts it into distance mode. We slot that into the stand like this. And then I just grab the book on there. Oh, I've got an example bank statement on here. Underneath. I can angle this down. So this effectively transforms a handheld magnifier, albeit a large handheld, into a transportable type system where you can use it hands-free to then be able to write underneath or um, just give you a more desktop video magnifier-like solution where obviously we can still adjust the text size, we can enhance the colors, and you just slide the page left and right underneath the camera as you would on some of the larger transportables and desktop units, uh, one of which I'm going to show you after this. So this is a nice solution um, for that. And they have just improved this stand. So it now automatically switches into the stand mode with the lights turning on when you, when you slide the stand in. And they've improved the image quality. The Clover 10 has been out for about four years or so. But literally a month ago, they did the version 2, which has made some really nice improvements to it. They kept the price the same. But they now, along with those improvements, you now get the stand included with it. So it's the Clover 10 version 2, this one is, um, at £945. This one also has an HDMI connection on the side on here. So again, you can plug that into a 50 inch television if you want, or a 24 inch computer monitor or anything else. And then whatever's on here will be projected onto the bigger screen as well. Um, that can actually work really nicely in an environment if you have sort of a monitor with a monitor arm, you could have the monitor up at the height up here. And effectively then you've got an inline magnifier with a much larger screen connected onto it as well. So ergonomically, that's even better. This stand improves things because it's raising the screen up closer to your eyes. But then if you've got a monitor at proper head height, that's even better. Um, and you can actually put the monitor in front of the unit um, because you've still got, if it's on a monitor arm, you've still then got the space underneath to, to work around with it. Um, so a really portable, uh, sorry, um, a very versatile solution I meant to say on there, um, given that it is just a, a handheld that, that weighs 680 grams. I think about 1.2, 1.3 pounds um, and runs for batteries for, for multiple hours on a single charge. So that's Clover 10. We've got over 30 different handheld video magnifiers. And so I haven't got time to really show you more on those, but um, they can be really, really useful tools for people. I'm just going to switch that one off and just move this out of the way. See on there. So 
what's next if we go probably makes more most sense actually i said before i think we go on to to wearables next but if we just do the transportable just to show the difference directly from it so got a device in a portable carry case like this um called the cloverbook pro and there are three versions of this product a light plus and pro and i'll run through the differences quickly but it is all the differences are outlined on our website we've got a very handy table that details the differences we'll just take it out of the, the case that comes with it it's a really slim but tough metal transportable unit with a 12 and a half inch screen I'm just going to lay it on the table and then i'll switch back again hopefully you'll be able to see me unfold it uh, you literally place your hand on the base lift up the handle on here lift the screen up and you can pivot the screen out from under there and then we've got nice tactile controls along the bottom of the unit and then on the left hand edge at the back we've got a large circular on off button which I, I push and hold hopefully there's enough battery because we've been demonstrating this all day today as well but it's a five hour battery life on it um, and the battery on this unit is actually interchangeable so like laptop batteries from a few years ago um, probably sort of five plus years ago you used to be able to take them out and fit another one in it's got just a push button to release it pull the battery out and then you can actually buy a separate battery and charger so if you need more than five hours of battery life away from a plug socket you can do that for an extra 200 pounds for another battery and another charger that they offer with it so if i just grab bank statement underneath this underneath there see the cameras in here facing downwards let my my webcam autofocus again on it um, and it does exactly the same thing as the other unit so color modes line markers everything's on there it's just in a really nice sort of format that's we can adjust the size of it's very fine control on the zoom on here and it goes up very very large again less than sort of one full character height on the screen um, so this is the cloverbook light version just like this where you have these controls on the bottom zoom and color changing if you need distance viewing though then the cloverbook plus version adds if i just slide this around on here try to break some of the equipment on the left edge there is like a periscope zoom camera that comes up it's very neat it just folds up from there and this is a distance camera it's got a collar on it that you can twist around um, and point in the distance or you can point it towards yourself to use it like a magnifying mirror so to switch the camera they've got a dedicated button on the left hand edge near the front just feel on the edge here because they're tactile so i don't have to see it i can just push the button on here and it switch it says distance view ah, i'm on self-view on there there we are just spin it around on here and that sign that we have up over on the wall on there i can then with the plus version you also get a touch screen so you can pinch to zoom on it and you can pan around digitally so i don't I only have to roughly target the camera for the distance and then i can sorry it's distracting having my screen on there as well probably for you everyone on there um and see what i'm doing um we can then zoom in i've zoomed obviously right in on that text all on there it's really clear and i can still enhance the colors as well um so the nice thing about this in a business environment or an education environment is you no longer have to keep hold of the camera head and keep moving it left and right across a screen to read every word on there you can just point it at the screen zoom in adjust the zoom with this or you can just leave it zoomed and just pan around with your finger on the screen or you can use the integrated joystick as well to pan around if you want to on there so it's really versatile and very powerful for distance viewing 
then it also adds the ability to quickly target something else. So on the, the zoom dial, if I push and hold on here, it's not push and hold, sorry, it's just tap, I think, it will zoom all of the way out. I was all the way zoomed in on there. Um, so I can then move this box to somewhere else. I can click the zoom dial again, and it will instantly zoom back in to that level. Let's get back into color mode on here, zoom out a little bit. Oh, sorry, I was too zoomed in on there. Um, so if you imagine you've quickly got to target something else on a different area of the uh, classroom or the business meeting room, then you can just by doing that without having to sort of zoom all the way out manually, retarget, and then zoom all the way in again. If anyone's tried to use one of these cameras at maximum zoom, you can do it, but it's a, it's a lot easier to be able to zoom out quickly and then target somewhere else to zoom back into. So that's a really nice kind of unique feature on the, the Cloverbook Plus and Pro versions. So if you're then, if I just put it back to the thing in the distance on here, if you're needing to see in the distance and handwrite underneath it or to read something underneath at the same time, then you can push the same button again. And on the Pro version, it allows you to split the screen horizontally. So you can see in the distance and at the same time, you're then able to see close up and you can have different color modes for each one. So you can write underneath things if you need to be filling in or writing notes uh, or just reading text whilst you're also seeing what's going on in the distance at the same time. That's a really powerful feature. Then it also then adds text to speech. So we can push and hold, I'll, I'll switch it back actually on here. So I can grab a, just a book on here. We can push and hold the T button te for text. text then we can position the page in the area and it will capture an entire A4 page in one go. Um, if it's not quite fitting, you can just adjust the angle slightly. Obviously I've set the angle up here for the webcam, but you can see now I've moved it up a little bit more, which is how you'd normally be using it if you were sat at it. And then you get a bigger area and you can lift it even higher if you need to. Um, and then we just press the capture button on here. Apologies, I normally have a special microphone that picks up um, the speech much better. I've had to borrow Jason's noise cancelling headset microphone, so the sound from the device not, might not be coming across as well as it otherwise would. Um, but if I sort of lean in close to it and press play, hopefully you can hear some of it. I'll pause it here. So. This book has highlighted that unfortunately the OCR on this isn't what we'd call kind of ideal for people needing it to, to rely on it for OCR for if you're studying or you're using it for work. It's a nice to have feature, but if you've got anything that isn't perfectly flat, it will struggle to read it as it's done there because of the curvature of the spine, the software and it doesn't currently have the ability to straighten that and read it. So you have to make sure books are completely flat when you do it. Um, but it's nice to highlight that on that because it's what we do with, with systems. We don't just tell you about the good bits. We also tell you where they might not be quite so good as well. Uh, and although we've been promised software updates for this and they have been improving it, um, it's still not to the point where we'd recommend this for OCR and text-to-speech if that was one of the main reasons you needed the device. In terms of the live image quality and the distance viewing and the portability and, and all the other functionality, it is a fantastic device. Um, but you just have to bear in mind that the text-to-speech may not get better than it already is. So if you've got hundreds of pages that you need to read um, and documents that aren't sort of straightforward, flat A4 sheets, um, it might not be the best solution for you than that. Um, but coming back to it with a, another really nice thing that it, option that it has, um, 
it was the first device and there's only two actually currently available now that it allows a second screen to be added so this is in exactly the same size screen as is in the device and it just slots in the back it's got a guide that it slots into it's all metal covered so why do you need a second screen well if you're in an environment where you want to be able to see something in the distance on a full screen and see something close up to work underneath it also on a full screen that's where having two screens and dual screens makes it so much easier obviously the split screen works nicely but you're cutting your horizontal sorry vertical vertical area that you can see in half from that but having the second screen that plugs in um, doesn't need any extra battery it just has one cable that links from the side here into the unit um, it powers it obviously reduces the battery life by about an hour uh, the total battery life when you've got the second screen plugged in but it's, you still get really good runtime from the device with the second screen in you can even leave it in place when you fold it down you just fold the screen back uh, and then obviously you can fold the camera down on here um, so it's very very quick to, to fold and pack away if you've got to move between multiple locations um, there's a bit more to the cloverbook um, range um, but i i don't really have time to go into full detail on that but if there's um people are interested in finding out more on any of these products um, then please just let us know and we can um, provide you with as much detail on them as well um, it's probably a good point to say as well that a huge part of what we do is actually completely free no obligation demonstrations of these devices in people's homes. Um, so that's what our sales chaps generally do is, is drive around to, to you wherever you may be in the UK um, and allow you to try them out in your own environment uh, with your own documents um, to see what works best for you. Um, hopefully some of you find something that works, um, but it's just nice to be able to try that out. And then all the devices as well have a full 14 day money back guarantee. So if they're not right for any reason, um, there's no quibble for, for returns. We really want to make sure people have got the, the right solution for them. Um, but then having the demonstration normally really helps as well, because we can spend as, as long as somebody might need to, to really put devices through their paces uh, and make sure that it's the, going to do what they need it to do, basically. Um, so just switch back and show it folding down on here. So just switch up on here. And then you get the option to put it to sleep, which then means it resumes instantly. If you know you're going to be using it in the next few hours, that's what it's done there. But then will automatically put itself to sleep. If you haven't used it, I think in two hours, it then fully shuts itself down. Um, so it's not draining the battery. Um, but I'll leave it on that because it'll switch itself off. And you can fold it down like that. And you've got the whole unit. That will now fit into the case with um, the screen on it as well, if you want it to. Or you can put the screen in a separate pocket, but it actually fits in on there in the hard case. So really flexible, versatile, and, and light, portable, or transportable system. There, clover book, clover book range. Just pop that out of the way. So, if we try to go on to wearables, I think next. Um, now, wearable video magnifiers um, only really came out. Well, the first one was a product called eSight um, around about seven or eight years ago. The first one, I think, was. I remember seeing in America the first time when we were doing an exhibition there. Um, at that time, it was $15,000. Um, and the camera technology and the screen technology really um, meant it didn't sadly work for, for very many people. And obviously that kind of budget um, was prohibitive cost-wise for pretty much everyone. Um, things have moved on a lot since then. And we now have the eSight version four, um, so the fourth generation one. Um, it's still expensive, but it has the best technology uh, of any wearable video magnifier in terms of being able to uh, wirelessly send your mobile phone screen directly into the glasses. 
it's got an HDMI input. It's the only product with, with that sort of, well, one of the only products now. There's a, there's a couple of others that have come out with that feature, but it means you can plug a computer or games console or anything with a video source directly into the glasses. Um, and you can also ask a friend or family member for help. As long as you've got a, a mobile phone device with an internet connection, you can allow them to see what you're seeing through the glasses and request um, sort of assistance, uh, a bit like Be My Eyes, if you're familiar with that app, but it's obviously built into the glasses and it's then hands-free as well. So it's a lot of technology that's been built into it, together with a very high resolution camera and good quality screens on it as well. Um, it actually, we've actually found it does tend to work better for users with uh, peripheral vision uh, loss and with central vision that they have remaining. So for RP, there's a chance that it will work better than for someone with a uh, peripheral vision loss condition, sorry, central vision loss condition like macular degeneration. Um, mainly the reason is because the screens are very sharp and clear. They are only in the center of your vision. They don't sort of occupy a huge area of your vision like some of the other wearable systems we have do. Um, so that alleviates one of the biggest problems with some of the wearables that have the smaller screens for people that have the most common condition, like loss condition of macular degeneration. Um, so actually then, unfortunately for RP users means it's because of the cost, um, that it might be a, the best solution for them with all the other technology that it, it packs in as well. Uh, like it's got hot swappable batteries. It's the only that you can just, you get two batteries with it. You can unplug a battery uh, from the back of it while it's running. It keeps the device running for up to 20 minutes on its internal battery. And then you can just swap the other fully charged battery in place while you're charging the other one. So effectively you can get, you can run it continuously on there. Um, cost wise, it's just under 7,000 pounds. So actually the most expensive device that we do um, assistive technology wise so you really need to do make sure that it is the right sort of device for you. Um, moving on to a couple of other ones we've got some of our most popular devices we've got an Iris Vision live product so this device uses a mainstream Samsung mobile phone a Gear VR headset with very good app that um, controls it all the phone can't be used as a phone it's all locked down to just work um, as the Iris Vision Live product. Um, and you put it on, you, if you wear glasses for distance viewing on all the wearables, um, it's always a good idea to keep those on. I'm short-sighted and if I take this off, uh, I can adjust on this device, um, the sort of prescription of the lenses for short-sightedness up to about minus four. Uh, I'm minus four in my left eye and minus 4.5 in my right eye, which means that it's not quite as in focus as it would be if I, as if when I wear my glasses. But there's plenty of space inside the device, so you can just literally pop it on. Um, and then I'm not going to put the strap on over my head because I've got headphones on, I end up knocking them off. Um, but you can get an idea of the side profile on it. It looks far worse than it actually feels when it's on. So style is obviously an important consideration for many users. Some people don't care about that. But if you do, fortunately, these devices, and then we've got the A-Site VR, it's very similar. It's a bit smaller on there, um, but they're very similar. They, um, they run on the same technology with mobile phones and then sort of VR headsets that you put on. They are quite lightweight. They're both about half a kilo, just over a pound. Um, and with the head strap that goes up over your head, they all have the strap over your head and around the back. None of the weight is pressing down on your nose bridge on there. It's just nicely supported all the way around with the foam, really nice soft foam padding that runs all the way around on both of them. So people do sit down and wear them for hours and hours watching feature length films or watching sporting events. Um, watching TV is one of the most popular um, things that people do with wearable devices like that. But they're also fantastic for anything you need to do hands-free. So uh, playing a musical instrument, 
preparing food and cooking, um, playing sports. Um, the only thing is we've had people asking if they can do contact sports like football and rugby in them. Um, unfortunately, there's a fairly obvious answer with that in that um, that's not advisable for obvious reasons. Um, but it doesn't mean you couldn't see better. Um, playing football is one that some people have said they do, but that you've got to have very understanding friends playing because obviously if you get a football kick up in your face with this, it won't actually hurt you because it's just going to, it should be less painful wearing one of these than it would be um, just if it hit you in the face normally, but it's not necessarily going to do the unit any good um, from that perspective. So uh, the other thing we always get asked is, can you drive in them? Unfortunately, there is a couple of videos of, on YouTube of people trying some wearables out a few years ago, driving in America in sort of car parked, car park areas. And they say, wow, I can actually see well again. The problem is if you're zoomed in on something, your field of view is dramatically reduced. Um, so with RP, it's potentially dramatically reduced anyway. Um, so they're not legal to drive in or do any tasks like that. So operating heavy machinery and things, things like that is actually, it can improve. And although it's not advocated, people, if they can see better and they feel safer doing certain, even DIY tasks and things with them, um, then absolutely um, people will do that. But it's just something, not something that the manufacturers or, or we could ever recommend. Um, it's down to your own personal preference and what you feel comfortable doing once you're practice using a device. Um, but it is just nice seeing what people are able to do with these types of system again, that they may not have been able to do for years and years or indeed may have never been able to do because of the way their eyesight's been since birth. Um, they really are, can be, uh, can be quite life-changing in terms of what people can then see and the amount of detail they can see with the devices again. Um, and it elicits quite a reaction from people as well, which is really nice to be able to offer. Um, if you, somebody can put a device on and see detail on in someone again, in someone's face or do a, a hobby that they've not been able to do for years again, or a particular thing they want to, want to do that they've been struggling with, um, it's a really nice feeling to be able to, to offer that. Um, so I, unfortunately, I was hoping to be able to show you the A-Site VR plugged into my computer, which I could do if I had managed to make it back to the office. Um, but Jason's demo unit isn't set up for that, so I can't. Um, but effectively, what it does with this is fills, as you look through the, the lenses, it fills your all of your vision with really sharp, clear images um, from the camera. Um, this uses a 48 megapixel camera in the A-Site VR. Um, so one of the, it's the highest resolution of any camera system like that. So it actually means you can see um, slightly further than with the other devices. Um, and this one also runs at 60 frames per second. So if you need to do it for practical tasks, uh, or if you need to sort of track something with the head moving, quick, fast head movements, having that higher frame rate can really help with that. On the downside, it might not be quite as good at for low light situations because of that higher frame rate. So if you don't have a well-lit room, then the, you'll get a noisier, darker image than you may do on some of the units that run at slower frame rates. Unfortunately, there's no way to switch that between different modes. So they've got plus and minuses depending on what you might want to do with the device um, as well, and different controls as well. Some have controls on the side, others, this one has a, a joystick, um, a Bluetooth joystick controller on there as well. Some people like that, other people think it's another thing I have to carry around with me and keep in my pocket and um, try not to lose. So <laughs> it's nice in a way they're all different um, for people. And if we've got uh, a couple of questions just on the wearables um, yeah. here. So um, somebody's asked, um, are the lenses inside adjustable to people's eyes and prescriptions? Very good question. So on some of the devices, they don't allow you to wear spectacles with them. So some of them, there's no option for fitting prescription lenses in. So you're kind of stuck. Um, and that wouldn't be for you if you are short-sighted. Um, 
you just wouldn't be able to use that device. Most of the devices now, though, have gone down the route of allowing you to wear normal spec distance viewing spectacles, and they have been made to fit over them. Um, some of them then have uh, adjustable uh, focus for short sightedness on the device, but as I said before, they only really max out at minus four. So if you're more short sighted than that, then it just it, you won't be able to fully focus on them. Um, and then some of them actually have pupillary distance adjustment as well. The VR headset devices and some of the other newer ones, though, um, you don't really need it. The, uh, the lenses that they put in them are actually larger and it accommodates people really from kind of eight years old um, up to then fully grown adults. And then the, the space between your eyes don't change once you've, your head's finished growing. Um, so really good question. Uh, so it, it might be an issue on a particular unit if that's the one that you might be looking at more so than, than other ones. Um, but it's just worth asking asking us for that on particular units or trying the different ones out and seeing um, which one works best for you. Excellent. Um, thanks for that. And, and you also mentioned that um, the, the first one you showed us was good for people, particularly with um, a loss of peripheral vision. Is there anything on the other end of the spectrum for people who have lost central vision? Yeah, so were they, the peripheral, so, so the ones that fill your peripheral vision are still very good for users who, who only need central vision um, from there, and it's just if you've um, so if you've if you've got sort of tunnel vision and RP, then it, it doesn't really matter so much. It does allow you to choose from the whole range because you won't be as affected by the uh, having the vision in your peripheral vision, the units in peripheral vision. Um, but the ones if you have got something like macular degeneration, then that's where the the units, the VR headset, these are unbeaten really. These types of units because all of these pretty much fill all of your vision. Um, with them. Some of them actually have RP modes. So on the A-Site VR, you can go in and shrink the screen down and you can move it around the area to sort of match it to the best position for your eyesight as well. So they put a bit more thought into it. And that's just something you set in the menu. And then it remembers that when you turn it off and back on again, it's, it's just set there. Um, so that's quite a nice feature and can work really nicely for users with RP as well. Um, although quite often they just you being able to adjust the zoom because they've got such a, a wide range of zoom anyway some people like shrinking the area down but other people just prefer to have the full area because you can still see some information outside it perhaps uh, and then you can just adjust the zoom to match um, so it's really just trial trial and error on these things and seeing what works what works best thank you the uh, i was going to just mention one other one as well so one of the latest ones we've got is a much more glass-like unit this is called the i4 um, it's one of the ones that most closely resembles a pair of sunglasses that, that's now available. Um, these units, the ones I've shown, the, the A-Sight and, uh, and the Iris Vision Live, they're sort of 2,700, 2,900 pounds. This one's in the middle at 2,800 pounds. So they're all around that kind of price point uh, at the moment, except for E-Sight, which has a huge jump up to um, 7,000 pounds with the extra technology that it has in it. Um, this one though, the i4 does have to run through a, a mobile phone. So you have to tether it out the back on the other side actually there's a USB-C cable that then runs down to a phone device that comes with it um, and but stylistically these are much much better but these are one of the ones that you can't really wear glasses with at the same time you sort of can but it perches on the end of your nose and is liable to slip down on there um, so this one's a little bit more difficult from that perspective because there's no way to adjust the prescription in, in these lenses so if you are short-sighted this one's a bit uh, a bit trickier um, to use unless there's the option of contact lenses or something like that but it is definitely the sort of the most stylish one available at the moment um, from there but then 
the battery life is it only runs for about an hour um, and you can't recharge it while you're using it so you literally have an hour and you have to charge it for just over an hour to then be able to use it for an hour again sadly um, so it's one of the major drawbacks of it um, everyone we see wants something like this or even slimmer but has the power of one of the bigger units and the camera quality of one of the bigger units and the battery life of that but unfortunately the, the technology doesn't exist to, to fit all of that into something this size at the moment um, but it's nice that they're making improvements and some people still prefer this just because it does look much much nicer um, other people as i said don't really mind at all about how it looks and they just want the best uh, for their eyes uh, the best image quality do any of these um wearables um support people who've just lost a portion of their of their vision good question There's nothing has really been done for that other than on like the a site vr the ability to adjust the size and move it around um you kind of hope that they've done some they may have done something to map vision based on the visual field you have remaining on there um and with some sort of calibration for a user but but nothing on that's been done yet um from any of the manufacturers um i don't wonder why in a way but then you think like on the, the mobile phone ones that just fill your vision with really clear image with the ability to fully adjust the zoom level and you can choose what you're targeting with it you can kind of get around that and move what you want to look at into the best part of your vision people just do it actually automatically without having to think about it they'll just because they, that's what they do when they read normally or try and look at something normally on it um so that's probably the the reason um, why they, there hasn't been anything sort of a more advanced marketing feature type thing that they've built in maybe because it's just not not needed but couldn't say for sure um, it's a good question there great thank you <laughs> uh, are there any more questions on that Matthew or... not the moment. Move on? no so I've got a bit of time to move on a bit more then. so um, I was going to show if I haven't buried it under here which I think I have where is it um, very quickly the your cam read smart product um, We've got, there are two. Types of OrCam product. Um, it actually will come with a pair of glasses. Um, if you don't wear glasses yourself, they have mounts that you, you mount with cable ties around the, the frame of your glasses. And then the unit actually magnetizes in place, sort of snaps onto it in there. So you just sort of offer it up and it will quite strong magnets hold it in place. Um, the advantage of this is it can be hands-free so you can have it ready to use at any time you don't have to have it in a pocket or around your neck to have to pick up uh, and you can with these the wearable units so the orcam my eye smart and orcam my eye pro you can just point at something with your finger the device will see your finger and read the text out loud that is just above it so you can if you've got enough vision to target something to read you can very easily and accurately pinpoint what you want to start reading with it um, the the pro version of this also then has facial recognition so you can program friends and family members into it and then if you look towards them while you're wearing it it will announce who that person is uh, it can recognize barcodes so if you're shopping you can hold a product up with a barcode and it will look up against the standardized barcode database and then read the product out to you you can program products into its memory like you can program a face you can hold a product up up, up take pictures of it and then when it sees that product again it will read it out loud to you it can recognize colors uh, and it can recognize currency and i think that's everything they've put into it at the moment um, but by far and away the most popular unit we have is the orcam read smart mainly because it's just cheaper um, it's not a cheap device still it's at, currently it's 1709 pounds but it has exactly the same camera technology inside it and in processing it's got a slightly bigger battery but it lasts longer on a single charge so between four hours of battery reading with it i'm just going to wake it up now by tapping the button on here 
and this has been well used today as well. It's down to four, uh, sorry, three out of the four um, lights on. Um, if you want to read something, so I can just grab the book I've got here. What I'll probably do is just switch camera again. Like lower it down slightly on here. No, I'll leave it there actually. Excuse the mess on there. Um, if I hold it up to the camera, for users that have got enough vision to see uh, sort of a, a red laser, it has a laser pointer. So if I push and hold the trigger button, hopefully that's coming across on the webcam okay, you get a target sort of box, four corners and then a central spot. Uh, if I keep holding this down, that'll just disappear in timeout. But that allows you, as you draw the camera further away from what you want to read, it gives you an indication of what the camera is seeing. And then when you release it, if I release it now, it will snap a picture. I hope this the sound comes across. Unreadable text. Worker then, loopy rep. Some blocks of text are <laughs> unreadable. That's got confused by the screen, <laughs> the screen behind it. I'll just point this down a little bit more so it's not getting text up in the in the distance on there. Yeah, because it also intelligently tries to real recognize what you're pointing it at. Um, so I'll hold the text on here. Let's try again on here. A diligent wife and mother, so really two children, mostly grown up. And your husband work. My husband works. At least when I last tell at him, he was still working. So I click it again, it'll just stop it. So it's very quick, very accurate, um, and really easy. It's just four button tactile buttons on the top edge of the unit. Unfortunately, they are all colored black. But hopefully you can see they sort of stand proud of the unit quite quite a way. So they're, and they're all different shapes. So they're really easy to feel. So the color actually really doesn't matter on that. And it just makes the unit look even a bit more stylish, just sort of blending in. Um, people just sort of say it's like a large highlighter pen device. Um, it's very, very lightweight as well. I think it's only about 60 grams or so. Um, the other controls you've got are a plus and a minus button, which is volume up and volume down when it's reading, sorry, when it's not reading. And then when it is reading, it's forwards and backwards a sentence. So very quickly, you can just skip forwards and backwards through the document if you had to get to a particular point. Um, and then you've got the button at the back, which is the on off and standby button. The other way you can read with this though, rather than just capturing a whole area, if I push the plus and minus buttons together, it'll click, double sort of click. This now gives us a pointer so a bit like the finger gesture on the other one, if we can see the pointer, it will start reading just above where the pointer is. But what I'm going to do is if I just point the camera up in the distance on there, and I hope it's going to work with it being wonky on there. Um, if I point the camera up on there, you may or may not be able to see a pointer on there. It does work from quite a range away. If I release on there. I can read this from all the way over here. So it's read that at the distance as well. And it's not just uh, sort of standard printed books and, and pages it'll read. It'll read um, road names, shop signs, as long as they're not all sort of uh, calligraphy type fonts written in a sort of hand script font. Um, you can use it for um, looking at train times in a, in a train station at the airport, looking at the airport board. Um, obviously, depending on the level of vision, you have to be able to target what um, the information but it will read off any screen device as well. So laptop computers, mobile phones, um, anything like that, you can just point it at. And as long as it's printed text, it will read it. Um, the only other thing that can get in the way of it, I point up, up here, for example, is lighting. So if you've got something really glossy, like a food packet um, that you're trying to find best before date or some nutrition information on it, um, that's the number one thing that causes a problem with it is if you've got a glossy packet and then a light somewhere from above you is reflecting down and back into the camera, which you may not see because your eye won't be in the same line as the camera. Um, that's 
what can cause for any text-to-speech type devices the biggest problem is is light reflection so it's the only sort of tip to be to be wary of on those but it's really really accurate and really fast it's got wi-fi updates on it as well so you pair it to your wi-fi network it doesn't need any data at all in fact it doesn't use data for actually doing the recognition it's all done on the device really really fast but updates are done over wi-fi so new software as it's been released um, it just tells you there's an update it downloads it automatically because they test it thoroughly beforehand um, and then uh, you get the new features that, that they may enable and the, the improvements uh, so recently they just enabled a table mode which helps it try and read across tables we still wouldn't say that it's great on that though and it's not as good as some other devices but it's something they're still working on to, to try and improve on um, that um, on that particular note um Ellis, we've actually had a yeah. question say, so can you demo the all cam on the bank mm. statement? Um, yes. In terms of the, the, uh, the tables and columns. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is um, Jason's old sort of demo. So it'd be interesting to see. So I'll put it back into oh, so full mode to do capture the whole page. And then so I'll hold it up here. Example bank statement, Barclays. I'll skip forwards with the plus. So that's the, the date. And now it's going to go into the table. So it's reading across here. Starting balance, £370.20, the 13th of November. Bill yeah. payment. So that's reading correctly. It's reading across the columns there rather than down them. £8,320.20. I'm not sure where it's read there. Bill Nicholson I'll just pause it. So that one, it has, it wouldn't have done that before, the, the update. Um, so it's nice that they, they have improved it um, for it. But then it got a, got to a figure after the 50, money out 50 pounds on there for the balance, that then it read a, a number that I'm not sure where it got it from, unless it was something outside of the page uh, on there. But it is much improved. And the nice thing is that they are improving it all the time on there. Again, we can't promise it's ever going to be perfect because uh, we don't know, but they are adding in features and improving things very regularly on the, on the device. Um, so I hope that sort of answer will give you a bit of indication. Hopefully, hoping actually I'll have time. There's another device I wanted to show the Reader's Evolve Max. And one of the key things that's just launched on that new device is proper table navigation for a visually impaired user, where it will actually automatically detect the heading of a table and then allow you to read around cell by cell on it. But if you just let it read through, it reads the heading out before it reads the information in each cell. So like on a bank statement where we have some of the columns like money out, money in and balance, on some of those columns, they're empty, the actual cell information, which then makes it very difficult to understand whether it's money going in or money going out on it, on a bank statement as an example. So that works really nicely on there, but I know we've only got five minutes left, but that's what I was gonna go on to show after this, if there is a couple of minutes left, I can very quickly show it. So um, just a couple of things whilst we are there, Ellis. Yeah. Um, how much is your CAM Smart Read? Uh, Orcam Read Smart, thanks. Oh, I should have said the price. It's 1,799 at the moment. It's normally 2,000, but there's currently a promotional at 1,799. That's definitely running, I think, for the next kind of six weeks or so on it. Um, quite often there will be another promotion around a similar-ish sort of price point though. Um, Orcam are one of the, the, the uh, most active companies for, for doing promotions on things. I think it coincides with the, um, uh, the advertising that they do. They're the only company really that advertises on television um, and in, in national newspapers. Um, we're the longest standing low vision distributor for the products and we actually try and give them feedback to help um, suggest things to improve the products as well, which they're quite receptive to listening to, which is nice. Um, so I think we've got a, an advert in the, in the times and things we've done, which is just nice. We don't normally get to do things like that with, with products 
um, because it's such a niche market, but it's nice to try and use a mainstream kind of way of letting people know that th these things exist um, on there as well. So um, just on just on the kind of the prices of things. Um, so we, we know that a lot of technologies um, for um, blind and visually impaired people are are very expensive, obviously because of the you know the R and D and the things that go that go into them. Um, as a as a company, are you able to offer any kind of finance on products that people may wish to purchase, um, and to follow up with that, if people are in work, do you work with access to work, um, you know, uh, students allowances and things like that for people in education? Um, can you can you support all of those? Thanks, Matthew. Yeah, you're doing fantastic. You're doing my job for me there. Thank you. Brilliant. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, we do 12 months interest free credit um, through a company called Divide By. So that's got a really good success rate. Um, and we can actually do a soft credit check, which has no impact on your credit rating before. Um, touch wood, we've never done a soft credit rating that's been accepted by them that then hasn't gone on to be accepted when you have the actual full credit check done. Um, it's a very quick process to do as well. Um, unfortunately, it does only allow 12 months interest free credit. We'd love it if it would be at like 24 or 36 months just to help people spread the, the cost for these devices because we know they're very expensive. Um, we wish they could be cheaper, but it's simply, well, I think the manufacturers say it's simply because of, yeah, as you said, the amount of R&D that goes into them um, and the fact that they're only sold in thousands, not hundreds of thousands or millions like mainstream technology devices. Um, and for access to work, we do a huge amount of work with that. We can help if you're in work and you're needing a device, um, we can actually help sort of justify the products to you. We'd never justify a product that you just want to use for something at home. Um, unfortunately, it's, that's not allowable. Um, but we're very good at finding reasons in your work why a particular device might be useful if obviously we can see that there's a genuine need for it. So we will actually effectively write a report, which then can be submitted in when you apply for it. Um, and again, that works really, really well because we're very thorough at that. There's no charge for that service um, and it can really help people get the equipment they need to help in their in their job. Um, the access to work scheme is fantastic, but it depends in a way which assessor you get as to how much they may know about the particular technology that you might need. Um, and if you haven't done your research yourself, they will just go with maybe something they've been recommending for five years and not know about any of the other things that are there. Obviously, we try and educate as many of them as possible but some of them we don't know and some of them we can't reach um, but you are able to just come to us directly and we, we're more than happy to help with that um, the same for dsa for students for university funding we're not a dsa approved supplier there aren't very many of those and that whole system is changing dramatically in the next few months they keep delaying it but we work with every single dsa provider and we train assessors and show assessors all the latest technology to try and keep them up to date with it but again even for student if you can go to an assessor and say this device is really useful for me because of x y and z they're much more likely to, to say yes i'm happy to go with it um, the same for younger students as well through visual impairment services we work a lot with those too so um, we're happy to help wherever we can and providing with the, the free demonstrations and allowing people to, to try the, the kit out and see if it really works for them and then back that up with a report it can really make a, a big difference. Sorry, that's a bit of a long answer. <laughs> no, no, that's that's great. Um, is there a buyback scheme for people who've got equipment that they no longer um, require? Yeah, it's extremely rare for us not to be able to offer something back. We don't effectively say we guarantee it because it depends how long they've kept it for. If it's 10 years old um, and it's half broken, then we wouldn't buy it back. Um, but if it's a current piece of technology um, that hasn't been superseded, obviously that helps to maintain the value of it. 
Um, and we do have a also if somebody's buying something, we've got a big range of X demonstration and secondhand equipment as well. So it's always worth checking. We've got stock that changes all the time from that, um, but can save people thousands of pounds of money. Uh, so thousands of pounds of money, thousands of pounds. Um, and we always provide a warranty with the devices as well. Um, so it's not like you're, you're taking, even if the device is 10 years old, we will give at least a six month warranty on the devices normally, because it's, even if you're spending hundreds, it might only be sort of 400 pounds on a, on a big device that may have cost two or 3000. But if it goes wrong in that time, it, it wouldn't leave a very nice taste in your mouth. Um, if we went <laughs> then trying to help out and um, sort of at least replace it with something like for like or better from, from the stock. So yes, is the short answer we do. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you. Um, I can't believe that's taken. That's that's our hour, Ellis. I mean, I could yeah. uh, quite happily sit for uh, sit for the rest of the evening and talk through other other bits of equipment. Um, so I know you it's said good. before that people, um, you know, you can go out to people. Um, yes. Will you be at Side Village events this year? Absolutely. Yeah, we always do all of those. Yeah. And then we're running a lot of local events at societies, blind societies and things as well. But it just depends whether people are a member of those as to whether they'd find out about them. Um, obviously, they can join our um, social media channels on uh, Instagram and, and Facebook, and we publish them on there as well. Uh, we've got an events page on our website, which is kept up to date as well. So it runs up for the next sort of six months of events that are coming up um, that we're attending. If you want to come, up, come along and sort of meet us at an event there rather than us coming to see you, that's great as well. Um, uh, yeah, so the site village of people are going on to there, which I know a lot of people tried to get to, um, then it'll be really nice to see. We, we have sort of five or six of us there normally, uh, and all we take multiple vehicles of equipment down. It's the, the biggest one we do in the UK. So everything will be there for, that we do that, that's popular for people to try. Excellent. That's fantastic, Ellis. Thank you so, so much for joining us this evening. Um, as I say, I could have quite happily sat here for the rest of the evening. Me too, um, but <laughs> people need dinner, I expect. So. Indeed, indeed. And thank you everyone at home for joining this webinar tonight. Um, so as mentioned at the beginning of this evening's session, we are planning at least one webinar each month. Um, our next webinar is um, on Tuesday, the 12th of July. Um, where we'll be looking at the latest research, clinical trials and treatment prospects for people affected by Usher syndrome. Uh, that's the second in a two-part series. We did the, uh, the first one earlier on this week. Um, if you missed that and that's something of interest to you, then you can have a look and watch that on our, uh, our YouTube channel. Um, so just to remind you that Retina UK is a registered charity. We receive no government funding whatsoever and we rely on our wonderful supporters such as yourselves to raise the funds um, needed to provide the vital services um, and invest in groundbreaking medical research. Uh, so there are a number of ways that you can help support the charity uh, this year. Um, for example, do you shop on Amazon? If you do, I know many people do. If you do, you can register for Amazon Smile. It costs you nothing at all, um, but every pound you spend, Retin UK, uh, if you nominate them as your charity, will get a very, very small amount of money um, for each of your purchases. Um, so, so far, our supporters have raised over £2,800 um, through the Amazon Smile scheme. Um, if you want some more information on that, you can find that on our website. Um, and if you're in work, uh, one of the most tax efficient ways to support Retin UK is through payroll giving. Um, you could ask your employer whether they offer this um, and you can find out more information by contacting Fiona at Retin UK. Um, so that's Fiona.Leahy, so that's L-E-A-H-Y at retinuk.org.uk. Um, we'll put this information in a follow-up email. Uh, so we will be sending out a follow-up email over the next couple of days, which has got details of where you can re-watch or listen to Alice's presentation again. 
um, and details on how you can book onto our other events. Uh, we will be seeking your feedback, which is really, really important to us. Um, all feedback helps us to develop our webinars and our other services. So please do take just, uh, just a minute, just say a couple of questions to fill in that feedback when we send it out to you. So thank you once again uh, for joining us. And Ellis, thank you again for joining us this evening. Perhaps we'll see you on, uh, on another webinar later on in the year. Hope so. so. Thank Hope you so. very much and good night to all of you. Everyone, thank you.